take charge of your leadership development. Join our How to Take the Lead Substack community for bonus materials, exclusive content, and discussions that will challenge and change the way you lead. Visit howtotakethelead.com to find out more. Hello, we're back again. I know we said goodbye at the end of the last episode, which was the official end of series one, but we did want to do a wrap up for the series. I don't know about you, Carrie-Anne, but I really hate those shows where basically they just rehash all the content that you've either watched or listened to over the past few weeks, and then they make a best of. I want new content. I want behind the scenes I want the tea is that how you is that how these young people say it I want the tea <laughs> I don't know I've never heard that clearly I'm not young enough to know you're listening to how to take the lead with Lee Griffith and Carrie Ann Wade two corporate colleagues turned business besties who question everything we've ever learned about leadership what started with us putting the world to rights over a gin after work is now a weekly show challenging the myths and perceptions and exploring what leadership looks like in the modern day We'll also be sharing our experiences and stories along the way. You can find our show notes at howtotakethelead.com. Hit subscribe to receive new episodes every Thursday. Plus, we'd love for you to rate or leave a review of the show. And please share your thoughts and stories on the topics we cover using the hashtag howtotakethelead. You've probably heard me talk about Below Deck before. If <laughs> I, I, love an after, I love an after party where it's like, did that really happen? Did so-and-so sleep with so-and-so? I mean, we, we obviously none of that goes on behind the scenes of how to take the lead. What sort, <laughs> yes, what sort of podcast series do you think this is, Lee? <laughs> but I want more than just the best bits. Yes. So that's what, that's what we're giving you today. We wanted to have a bit of reflection maybe on some of the discussions that we've had in this series. I know I've certainly had moments where, you know, we've been messaging each other going, this would have been great to discuss in the episode. Or, oh, shit. How did we miss that? I know. Over there. <laughs> and isn't it always the way that we've recorded an episode and literally the next day something happens? Like, Why did that not happen yesterday? Because that would have been brilliant for the episode. So there has been a constant back and forth on the WhatsApp. We want to put it right in this episode. That being said... It's highly probable that all the things that I've thought of over the series, I promptly will forget as we have this conversation <laughs> and I'll still be on the WhatsApp a bit later. That's absolutely fine. I don't mind. And I have to say one of my first reflections is I'm not sure the soapbox came out as much as I was anticipating it would because no. we had that chat before we started, didn't we, that there's probably going to be and there definitely have been soapbox moments, but I don't feel like I've had to dust it off as many times as I thought for you to step up on Chile. No, but I, th I think I've perhaps been, you know, a little bit more mature in my outlook in this series. <laughs> <Some> more mellow. <laughs> Not so hot-headed as obviously the Insta Brigade brings out on me. <laughs> I love it. So to kick things off with my coaching hat on, what have you learned about yourself, Carrie-Anne, through this last series? What have I learned about myself? Well, do you know what? This sounds like a really cliche thing to say, but but my learning is that there's always more to learn. Yeah. So no matter how much experience you have, there, there is always more to learn. There's always a different perspective to the one that you've got. There's always areas that you can develop in. And I've also figured out that it is actually okay not to know it all and yeah. not to have all the answers. And actually part of what helps your development, I think, as a leader and as a, a human being is just to be more curious and to explore 
a bit more the things you don't know about, get a different point of view on the things you think you do know about. So for me, it's been nice to think I don't have to know it all and that's okay. And actually, I'm going to learn more things along the way. And I guess one of the other things that's been quite an eye opener for me, and it's made me I, I knew this anyway, but I think it's made me think it even more, just the power of our words and our actions on other people and that we should never underestimate that. And hopefully through this series of Take the Lead, we've had some positive impact from for people getting them to think in a different way, consider their leadership style. But I think also some of the conversations that we've had around mm-hmm. different topics, we've shared examples where it's really made you realise on the flip side of that, the negative impact that that people's words and actions as leaders can have on others. So that's yeah. something that I think was on my mind when when you asked that, Lee. Mm-mm. I I felt that it's been so easy to find things to talk about, and that was always a worry when we first started how to take the lead over on Insta all that time ago. We questioned would we have enough stuff to talk about and we've revisited themes and we've we've looked at themes from different angles and all of that kind of stuff but I don't know it just feels like there's a real movement at the moment of the types of things that we need to be talking about in the leadership world and people are starting to be more open to having those types of conversations and I don't think necessarily the things we've talked about are are groundbreaking we've certainly you know there's been a few occasions where we've gone oh so and so has been talking about that or I've seen this TikTok on that topic or or whatever and and we're like oh you know we've just been the same as everyone else but then my reflection has been well no there's obviously a real need for people to be having more of those conversations and we all bring our own unique experiences and views on each of these topics and I think we could redo this whole series again and we would come out with different things on the topics as well because they're so of the moment and they are so different to perhaps what the leadership lens looked like maybe a decade or so ago. And it's funny, isn't it? Like there have been a few times where we've seen content elsewhere where we're like, oh, we've literally just recorded an episode of the podcast about that. And there's that that moment where you feel slightly disappointed as in like oh someone else is talking about it but actually that's brilliant good people are talking about it because it means it is important stuff in that leadership space it's conversations that we need to be having and that we should be encouraging others to have and being more open about so yeah like you I've tried to flip that onto a more positive note to go no that means we're on the right track with what we're talking about and we're talking about things that are important to people yeah is there anything that you've I suppose, learn more about through the course of our discussions or perhaps change your mind since we've discussed it? I mean, the standout one for me, which is going to be really obvious when I say it, and we talked about this, I think, in in the episode, was around the allyship. I'm going to be able to say it right either now. I've caught it off you. (laughs) Allyship conversation, definitely, as I think I realise that sometimes I have not taken action on things because I've been fearful that I don't know enough about them. Mm-hmm. And the learning for me through not only the conversation we had as part of the How to Take the Lead series, but conversations we had around that episode, you know, and I'll mention it because it was definitely one of your big soapbox moments around Cricket Scotland. But mm-hmm. that conversation that we had around that and then the subsequent ep- episode made me realise that actually 
if I am in a space or you are as a leader in a space where you feel slightly fearful that it's like, I'm not going to make a comment on this because I don't know enough about it, actually pause for a moment and reflect because the fact that you don't know enough about it is the exact reason why you should be taking action. That's definitely something that I've learned for me that actually that, that was the point that I should have gone. I need to understand more about this and take action. It's not the time for me to do nothing. So Mm. that that Mm. for me was one of my bigger standout moments, I think, in terms of of my own thinking and what's changed for me. I had a couple of people message me similarly after that episode came out and they were saying that they've definitely either need to pay more attention or not to be scared to to talk about stuff because they don't know enough about the topic and obviously on that episode we were talking specifically about cricket I have to say I'm still on my soapbox about it though and I've I've I'm almost becoming like angry old person that writes to the letters what pages. did you message me the other day about Nicola Sturgeon you're like she didn't want to say something about cricket Scotland being institutionally racist but she's going to tweet about was it Ke- I can't remember was it Kermit the Frog was oh, it Kermit or the Frog it was something really so benign yeah so I might actually just have to mute her account because it's really irritating me she tweeted about some journalist that's I don't I don't know what the story is behind it I don't know who the journalist is but she did a tweet condemning some people that were offensive to this journalist and saying this you know this is an on treatment of people this way and I thought I I nearly did the angry response tweet but I'm very conscious that you know that will come across in in away and can't get over whether I'm just feeling really bitter about it all now and so it's just grinding my gears or whether actually I should continue to keep challenging it because otherwise I'm accepting it and I don't know where I'm sitting in the situation. I'm really conflicted. (laughs) (laughs) But do you know what I love is that we can have this conversation about being conflicted about things and that's part of, I don't know, part of why I feel so passionate about this podcast series and what came before it as well. As you say, it was Insta Lives before. Just about that ability to have those unfiltered conversations about things and that's okay. So I think too many people keep stuff like that bottled up and then it just... Mm. you know, does it create an inertia or, an, like you say, an, a, a sort of passive acceptance of something? Because actually, really, what's happening is you're conflicted inside and you don't know where to have the conversation to try and get to a space that you feel more comfortable in. Yeah. As a brief aside, the the lovely listeners can't see this, but I can see Carrie Ann's lovely face on the screen <laughs> as I'm talking. She's she's adjusted her glasses to one is much much higher than the other. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've just caught sight of myself and it is so off-putting. It's because I've I've realised I need to do something with this. It's so boring for the listeners. I need to do something with this screw on this arm of my glasses because it's too tight and it it digs in behind my ear and it's worse when I've got the headphones on. But if I take them off, you just become a pixelated blur. So I can't work out which is worse worse for you to see me with my, I might as well just have a big plaster around the corner of the mantle. I like Jack Duckworth. You've totally given me Jack Duckworth (laughs) vibes. That is exactly who I was about to call. And this will be interesting for our listeners to know how relevant that reference is to some people and not to others. (laughs) Yeah. Message us and let us know if you got the reference or not, because it just help us with our demographic and quality (laughs) data. (laughs) Right, I've, I've readjusted them. Is that better? Is it less off-putting for you? Yes, thank you, thank you. <laughs> On the allyship front, I think the other thing that, that cropped out at me, actually you flagged it to me, was the Wellcome Trust. And that was a big moment yeah. in the last couple of weeks since we did that episode. And it 
it was really refreshing to see a open and honest acceptance that they have not done well enough, that they've continued to review their practice since their first review, that it's, it's a really hard read if you read the full report, again, with examples of, of institutional racism within their organisation. But they've publicly acknowledged that and said, we need to do better. And that was hugely refreshing to see yeah. a big company do that. And I feel like, yeah, I spotted that and was like, have you seen this? Because I feel like it was, say, the opposite example of a cricket mm. Scotland soapbox moment, to be honest with you. And, you know, I felt like that was them taking some public ownership of it. And, you know, there's more to do. They have to act now. They can't mm. just say this is terrible. I absolutely get that. But I was also quite intrigued by some of the reaction on social media to that because there were still the naysayers and still the people who were like, you know, that's not good enough. But there was a pushback to those as well which I mm. found really heartening of people going hang on a minute give them a break how many times do you see people calling themselves out for mm. their really terrible behavior and saying we must do better not that often so I kind of like the backlash to the backlash if that makes yeah. sense but that also goes to show that as a big organization or as a leader of a big organization you are never going to get it right you're never going to get everyone on side no matter how great your activity or announcement or whatever it might be is that's the beauty of the world isn't it the diversity of thought and the ability to be able in a democratic country to have those conversations where people don't have to agree with each other and that's great as a leader it can be hard if people don't agree with your ideas or your suggestions or whatever but yeah I don't think you should that should put you off no. or you think that that was a negative thing to do because some people criticize it yeah and I think that welcome trust example was a really good one of of the leadership team there acting with integrity because mm. they probably knew that because as we all do the moment you put anything on any form of social media there's always going to be somebody who disagrees with you wants to say something negative worst case scenario is going to troll you for it mm. um you know that's um, sadly the world that we live in but like you say people are allowed to disagree I'd like them to do that more respectfully but I liked the fact that the Wellcome Trust didn't just go well we could do that but we're probably going to get loads of backlash for it so we just won't I, I feel mm. like they acted with real integrity and and purpose and want to make change by by being that open and, and putting it out there themselves. Yeah another episode where I afterwards thought oh we missed the boat was was the one around power dressing and the power suit and we saw Virgin Atlantic issued their new guidance to staff saying that they could have their tattoos on show and basically embrace their personality in the way that they dress while still having a uniform but not being so restrictive and I thought that was such a, a welcome and positive step forward in accepting because we, we all know organizations that say oh, it's unprofessional to have tattoos or piercings or anything like that so I thought that was a really positive step forward for an organization yeah absolutely and god that episode feels like so long ago now mm. was that episode two ditch the power suit yeah it was Gosh. but I think what a different space to be in as well because it just as you mentioned virgin atlantic there and them being more accepting and being more relaxed about the dress code for their their staff just thinking about like how different that is from the British Airways example from many years ago now about the person who wanted to wear a cross it's just really interesting isn't it how much what people wear and how much that shows of themselves their personalities their beliefs has an impact on others but 
how accepting or not people can be of that hi there if you're enjoying this episode of how to take the lead please hit subscribe and go leave a review or rating we'd also love to hear your stories and thoughts on today's topic please dm us our links are in the show notes or tag us into your socials using the hashtag how to take the lead were there any other episodes that you after the fact went oh Damn, I should have. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think there were a few different episodes actually where we sort of touch on where you might be a bit on the back foot as a as a leader, or where you might be stereotyped, or where mm. people might treat you differently because of some of your characteristics. And I think there was qu- been quite a lot of stuff that's come up around sort of sexism recently, which made me think, oh, there's definitely some conversations we've had where that would have been a really yeah. good example. And I guess. One I just saw, I think yesterday or the day before, and that's terrible, it slips my mind who it was now, but a a female CEO who tweeted that she'd been invited, well, that she had a client meeting that she should have been invited to, and actually only her male colleague got invited because the client thought she was the PA, and actually she was the chief executive, and that was quite interesting, because I think she was calling out some everyday sexism there that is around but again Mm. the the kind of comments back I found interesting people on different sides of that debate and I wasn't really clear what she did so she tweeted that that happened but I wasn't clear what action she took and whether she felt she could take any but I thought that was quite interesting. It reminds me of and I can't think of the company now it was I, I want to say it was AXA or something like that it was one of those big financial or insurance type companies and they've got a female chief exec and it was at the AGM where they had shareholders standing up making really sexist comments and it was really good that the the male chair of the board called them out called them out and said we will not tolerate that and I thought that was such a good example of allyship isn't it really and and being a good leader, absolutely, yeah. and acting with integrity rather than just sitting there and listening to to your colleagues saying things that you actually don't find acceptable. And it shows that sense of when you are demonstrating allyship, it could be so easy to think when you're in, a, say, a public meeting setting or in a large group to feel like, oh, because these are important stakeholders, we shouldn't annoy them or we shouldn't disagree with them or we, sh- we we need to keep them on side so we should just go along with it and I think you show greater integrity by standing up because actually you'll have won a lot more fans from a broader yeah. audience than those shareholders and and with that plays into talking about respect and trust and that connection doesn't it that you're building with people and people are going to have more respect for you more trust in you that that you're there to do the right thing and therefore build a better and stronger connection with you for sure so again a lot i feel feel like a lot of these topics cross over into numerous episodes that we've recorded but while we are on the sexism thing mm-hmm. can i just briefly mention england women's football and you know i think what a brilliant example of being amazing role models encouraging younger generations to aspire to greatness you know filling stadiums more than any other mm-hmm. <laughs> any other sporting team have done I think that's really brilliant but equally there was a bit for me that made me a bit uncomfortable where there have been a couple of conversations about how well the England women's football manager has done in terms of her leadership journey where she's taken right. the team and a few comments about you know need some of that in in England men's football and just a couple of comments that I've heard around like oh a woman will never manage the English men's team 
not just for football, I don't think, for many sports. And I just think, what's that all about? Because actually there are many successful women's sporting teams that are managed and led by men. And and we're okay with that and we accept that and we don't necessarily make a comment about it. But the idea that a, a hugely elite and successful men's sporting team could be led and managed by a woman seems to cause some sort of offence somehow. Mm. It's interesting. I've name-checked Rachel Botson before. I really enjoy her podcast. It's all about rethinking moments or something it's called. And this week I've been listening to her interview with Julia Gillard. I think that's how you pronounce her surname. Anyway, the former Prime Minister of Australia. And they're talking about rethinking misogyny. And there was something that stuck with me in the conversation, which was around, she she was referring to the fact that she was the first female Prime Minister of Australia. And the difference of the question, the exam question she had to answer is, can a woman lead the country? And then she compares it to, say, the style of Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand. And she also referenced, I think it was Iceland, as the only two countries that have had three women leaders and so the question of can a woman lead has been asked and answered in those countries it's irrelevant isn't it it's irrelevant so the question therefore that they need to answer is that next level of how do I want to lead and so they can bring in more of their own style and the empathy and the compassionate leadership because they don't have to prove that a woman can lead and I thought that was such an interesting insight and actually probably goes to the point you're making about the football because we've never had a woman leading so that's the the exam question everyone's trying to answer can a woman do it and and until that happens no one's going to move on yeah that is yeah that is a really good sort of reference point and I think that is yeah explains that example really well because you're right it's that you know for some people it's that unknown and that make an assumption well no they can't because they never have before Mm. whatever whatever thing we're talking about doesn't have to be women leaders but you're right it like once once the proof is there and we've evidenced that actually you know people are quite capable of doing that it you're right it does change the question doesn't it but I guess it's slightly infuriating that that's the exam question sometimes because it's like oh what do people need to do like and that that there is that need isn't there sometimes to prove yourself prove that you can do something prove that you can be a good leader but it's striking that balance I guess and what you're trying to prove it for and who to yeah and you think about America when it was Clinton and Trump going up against each other. And that was very much the question that she was having to answer. They couldn't see a woman lead, even though there was a huge proportion of people in the country who wanted to see a woman lead, that those that eventually swayed the vote the other way just couldn't get their heads around that question. And you could question, have we, you know, we've had two female prime ministers in England, but I don't think we've still fully answered that question when you look at how the media treats female leaders over here or female political leaders I yeah I would absolutely agree with you and if you go back to the Thatcher days like how much of that debate and conversation about her style of leadership Mm. was focused on and still is when people reference her how much she had to adapt to be more like a man Mm, so mm. Uh, do you know what I mean I think that's mm. that's quite interesting and actually we're in quite a different space now but I don't know how a female politician would would feel I don't know what pressure Liz Truss for example in the current climate feels to adapt her leadership style to meet the needs of 
potential people who are going to be voting her in versus how she genuinely would like to lead the country. Who knows? Yeah, That's the question for her, isn't it? But she's channeling, isn't she? Very much channeling a Thatcher approach and, you know, down to the clothing choices sometimes. Yeah. And so that does make you think that that, that archaic old-fashioned way of leadership is still viewed as the way to lead and that's yeah. a really sorry state to start to wrap this up which of the conversations that we've had and I think we've touched on a couple that have really stuck with us already but which have stuck with you the most or perhaps changed the way that you've approached something the one for me that got me thinking about my own approach to things was actually weirdly the one on storytelling. I don't know why yeah. I think that's weird, but it maybe surprised me because I think as a communicator, I already know the benefit of storytelling, but I think it just did get me to reflect, have there been points in my leadership career where probably not necessarily tough times, but times when maybe things in the organisation or what's going on for my team felt a bit stagnant and a mm. bit not going one way or the other, where actually I could have really benefited, as could my team have benefited from more of that storytelling approach in leadership. So, you know, sometimes when you're in those positions in a team where you're waiting for something, you're yeah. waiting for clarity on what the organization's strategic priorities are going to be. So there's like a few months while that's all being worked up or you're waiting for a consultation and a restructure to happen in your team. And in that period of waiting, I think you can sometimes leave a bit of a silence and that doesn't help people feel motivated and ready for what's to come next and come on that journey with you. And I just reflected there have probably been a couple of times where had we had that conversation about storytelling back then that yeah. I probably would have done something a bit different of keeping people with me and wanting to be on that journey rather than like hitting mm. the pause button in the film and then restarting it a couple of months later and then wondering why people are not as not as excited by it or not as fired up by it so that was just yeah. an interesting one for me in terms of what it triggered well I think that's that actually goes to a bigger point around sometimes when you're leading something you are it, it can all consume you and you can get bored by it a lot quicker than other people because they're only having short sharp interactions with that topic there might be huge time lags in between when they are involved in that discussion or hear about it but you as a leader might feel like oh I'm saying the same thing over and over again and and the temptation can be that you want to change things up so it stays fresh and exciting for you but all you're doing is confusing and diluting the message to your staff so I think that's a really important point to note if you are in that state of it feeling yeah. a bit yeah, definitely. So, yeah, how about for you, Lee? What's um, your thought? I mean, the allyship has really stuck with me and I won't rehash the things that we've discussed. But I suppose one of the reflections that I've had is that it actually crossed so many of the discussions, but we didn't get into the meat of it in all the other episodes because we could have explored each topic through quite a specific lens. Emotional intelligence, for example, could have been discussed as what does it mean to be emotionally t intelligent as a woman nowadays, as a woman leader, because that sense of a woman being emotional is so very different to a man being emotional and that really fine line. And I just thought that was really fascinating that we've, we've picked on all these topics, but actually there's so many subsets to each one that we could have looked through a lens when it comes to what does being an ally look like or, or whatever it might be. 
Oh, I feel like there's ideas coming for series two and three (laughs) and four and however many series this podcast is going to run for. The other area that I reflected a lot on was our conversation around introverts and extroverts. I think because we both learned a bit about each other in that process and what it actually means and, and I suppose myth bust some of those stereotypes of the typical extrovert and what they might be thinking behind the scenes and what an introvert might be thinking behind the scenes and even since we had that session I've still been seeing conversations around confidence and what does it mean to be confident and people saying there was something I was watching and I can't for the life of me think what it was now and they were kept talking about the person being an introvert and actually they were describing someone who was being shy and it was yeah. very different and it was really bugging me. And it's bugging me now that I can't. It's a really unhelpful example because I can't think of the show. <laughs> but I remember you talking about that in the episode that actually mm. like things get labelled incorrectly and that, yeah, how being introverted can be seen as being unconfident. And actually you're, you're not unconfident in your skill set, your experience, what you bring to the table. You just work in a different way. Yeah, I remembered the show. It's the Rolling Stones show that's been oh, on BBC. Interesting. And it was the oh my goodness, what's <laughs> what's the guitarist's name? Are we are we talking Ronnie Wood or are we talking Keith Richards? Keith Richards. It was his episode, and he kept talking about being an introvert, and other people were saying, you know, he's an introvert. But what he was describing was being shy and because he, he wasn't talking about needing the quiet space he just liked being on his own he didn't really like talking with people and and I just thought how how funny that 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 sense of confidence and all of that was wrapped up yeah. and just labeled as he's an introvert and and actually the attributes that he was describing for me didn't resonate as an introvert yeah very interesting and interestingly one of the episodes that we've had feedback on from listeners that it's really Mm. helped them to think differently or and particularly people who've then come out and said I'm an introvert and actually I found that really interesting and really helpful I was pleased by how much interaction we had when that episode had gone out from people finding it really insightful and an opportunity to think differently about their own traits and their own kind of type whether they're Mm. introverted Mm. or extroverted I think we've rubbed off on each other as well. hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, the other week you said to me at something, I'd have never done that before I met you. I, th- I feel like your extrovertism is rubbing off on me now. And then, and then the other day I was like, yeah, I feel like I'm becoming more introverted and more knee about that. I really just, <laughs> so we have, I feel like we have rubbed off on each other. So we can't do it too much because if no. we come in the middle, we'll lose that yin and yang of what we bring. But I, I have enjoyed actually seeing how some of the episodes have landed with listeners as well and getting mm. their feedback about what they want to see or here in future episodes but you know ditch the power suit interestingly came up a few times I'd seen on LinkedIn people you know making comments and sharing it and reflecting on what that's meant for them to listen to that conversation and their own experiences which has been brilliant and of course the allyship one as well seemed to go down well with people in terms of them wanting to listen to it and sparking some thought and conversation for them. So that is a wrap for series one. We will be back with series two in October. 
I know, and that's going to come around quickly. But fear not if you can't wait until October to get your fill of how to take the lead. In exciting breaking news, we are going to have our own social channels. So we ummed and ahed and thought about it and we got through series one, obviously utilising our own channels, didn't we, Lee? And we thought, actually, no, we're, we're landing now in a space where... Insta and Twitter are going to be the place where we need to start sharing more and enabling some of this conversation. So in conjunction with this after party episode going out, you will also be able to find how to take the lead on Instagram and Twitter. So please give us a follow in our little summer, late summer recess period as we prep for series two, we will be launching content on both those channels we'll have some of our best bits we'll maybe have some prompts things for you to consider based on some of the discussions of series one so we'd love for you to spread the word tag us all that kind of social shit (laughs) yeah please engage with us i think is what what lee was trying to say not quite so politely (laughs) so yes we will put all our details in the notes section of the podcast for you to follow if you're following either of us on any of the social channels you'll see us talking about it as well but at how to take the lead on instagram at how to take the lead but with a number two on twitter Twitter. are the places to start following absolutely we will be spamming you no not spamming we're not annoying (laughs) (laughs) it's not spam and it's not social shit it's all good We'll be bringing you all the best content from how to take the lead across those channels. That sounds more professional. Okay, (laughs) on that note, we will see you again in October. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you're the first to receive new episodes when they drop every Thursday. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you would rate it or leave a review. And let us know your thoughts and own experiences. Get in touch with either of us on LinkedIn, Twitter or Instagram. Or use the hashtag how to take the lead. Until next week, get out there and take the lead.